We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. everybody welcome to week two of the football guys daily fantasy power grid dfs power grid presented by rotogrinders.com i'm dan bach of rotogrinders.com if you're not familiar with us i hope you check us out largest community of daily fantasy players anywhere we've been doing it for over a decade and uh you can find a lot of good stuff over there if you are in these daily fantasy streets and of course the great guys over at football guys we're here uh, for a full hour to take you through the week two news notes, everything you need to know on this Thursday night, obviously still a little bit early in the week. And of course, if you're not a subscriber over there on football guys, what are you waiting for? Uh, it's an absolute no brainer. And at the very least, make sure you sign up for their free daily newsletter, all sorts of news that happens throughout the week. Get a little newsletter from Joe and the guys over at football guys, giving you all that updated news. So you don't have to search around the interweb so uh definitely check that out if you haven't done so already uh joining us as always we've got mr devin knots we got mr john tip and pick lee and phil alexander phil you were the big winner last week i think although tip and pick had a pretty big win as well so devin like i feel like you and i were the losers and the guys on the bottom half of the show were the winners congrats fellas and uh let's let's turn the tides a little bit uh, this week too um and we're gonna get right into it this week again we're excited to talk dfs and john we always kind of start with the vegas lines the spreads because vegas is always the smartest guy in the rooms at least when it comes down to what these games are going to do from a point perspective highest totals lowest totals so run through what we need to know here on this week too yeah, I mean it's uh, it's interesting, right? We're back to uh, we're back with crowds, and the crowds have brought back home field advantage. I mean, we're looking at at the top of the Vegas boards this week. You've got Tampa Bay and Cleveland, both are twelve and a half point favorites over Atlanta, who looked horrid last week against the Eagles, and the Houston Texans, who uh, kind of beat up on your Jacksonville Jags there, Dan. But um, I don't think they're much of a team either, and, and Vegas doesn't either, uh, based on these early Vegas lines. Both of those teams have 30 points implied team totals, 32 for the for the Bucks, who beat up on uh, Dallas last Thursday on opening night, and 30 points for Cleveland. And just beneath that, you've got Seattle against Tennessee with a 30-point implied team total, 
and the Chargers, Arizona, and Pittsburgh, all as home favorites. Uh, the big question this week is going to be, Who's in that middle tier? I think last week, uh, you know, I had a little bit of success with that Houston-Jacksonville game that we talked about, 45 points Vegas total, and I think they they almost got to 60, and that was a big difference maker for me. And I, I think this week we're going to be looking at some of those uh, those middle tier games again and calling them out throughout the show. So uh, be paying attention to the ones that we like because those are the ones that can really bring home those big GPPs. You know, I'm the Jags fan here, and I know, Devin, you're an old-school DFS guy, uh, as John and I am. And, you know, the one thing that was very reminiscent about what I saw this week one with Jacksonville was they looked like the 2015 Jaguars. I know that's going to – people are going to be like, what are you talking about? Why does that matter? That was the year that Blake Bortles – was actually fantasy relevant because he threw for like 200 yards every game in the fourth quarter because they were getting absolutely smoked. Now, I'm not ready to like pretend like one game dictates the whole season uh, for for Jacksonville, but man, I mean, let's face it, Trevor Lawrence this this last week, you know, he wasn't great through three interceptions, but he still kind of got there at the end with those three touchdowns. I'm kind of curious to see if this is a trend that we see this year with that team. It's going to be be really interesting because Urban Meyer doesn't have significantly better talent like he did at Ohio State. He's not playing Iowa. He's not playing Northwestern. He's playing NFL-caliber football teams and NFL-caliber head coaches. So I, I think that there's going to be at least a transition period, if not struggling for a lot of this season, but garbage time counts just the same. So I mean, let's get into let's get into it and figure out um, if we're playing Trevor Lawrence or not. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, probably a, a not. But uh, we'll move into the quarterback position here this week, and you know we can talk cash games, we can talk tournaments. We will get into all of that here. Um, but you know, Phil, I think two guys who are facing off against each other this week. In the highest total of the game uh, of this of the week, and the salaries are sitting like very moderate. They're not the highest end. They're not the lowest end. Of course, I'm talking about Dak and Justin Herbert. And I don't think anybody would would say would disagree with me saying they're tournament viable here. I mean, this game's got a 55. They both put up huge stats in the opener, especially uh, Dak against Tampa. But in a cash game, if you're going to go in this middle tier, I know you're not the cash player, but you still probably have a preference between the two. Who do you like better, Dak or Justin Herbert here, Phil? Yeah, I'll keep that short and simple, Dan. It's Dak Prescott, and it's only because he has the threat of doing something with his legs, uh, whereas I don't see Herbert having uh, you know, 40 rushing yards and a touchdown in too many scenarios. Uh, so I think that... Prescott gives you a little bit more of a a floor with the rushing upside, uh, specifically near the end zone. And their defense, it it took another beating this week with Demarcus Lawrence going out. Uh, That team is going to be throwing. Uh, So I I would say Prescott at 6,800, very good cash game play. Go ahead. No, I mean, Devin, go ahead, jump in. No, because... I was going to say, yeah, Dak seems, as the resident cash game player, Dak seems like the the, the lock here, right? I think that yeah. um, he's going to be 
pretty highly rostered. I think that the only really player that you could probably make a case for, um, it's hard, but at 7,200, Josh Allen's too cheap against Miami. If he does, I know we looked awful last week. I know that he looked like 2019 Josh Allen and not 2020 Josh Allen. So there's probably some regression there, but man, getting potentially like an MVP candidate at 7,200, he has two touchdown rushing upside. They're going to have to come out and really make some plays. I think he's he's viable, but I'm probably going back this week. And John, I don't know your thoughts, but yeah, I mean, I look, I, I think if, if you were to ask me the same question, I, I like Herbert. Um, he he's you know basically the same price. You got 6,800, 6,700 respectively. And, and look, they're both they're both excellent plays. I, I'm not going to uh, sit here and tell you that Dak's a bad play. I just prefer Herbert because I think the Dallas defense is worse than uh, the Chargers defense. I mean, the Chargers have a decent secondary. They have for years. And uh, Herbert, um, what he threw for last year, or last week, excuse me, 340 yards against the uh, the football team who might have the best defense in the league. Um, from my perspective, I think he's the, uh, the lesser risky one of those two. Uh, that said, can we get into our first argument of the, of the night and, and, uh, I think it's the first argument of the year. I don't know if we did a lot of arguing (laughs) last week. Um, Teddy Bridgewater against Jacksonville. Is that, is that absurd for cash games at 5,400 last week? Uh, we saw what Teron Taylor did against Jacksonville. Um, Bridgewater projected as uh, points per dollar about the third highest quarterback on the board. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, this week, uh, where's the value at this week? Let's talk about the roster build. I was going to talk about another quarterback in that price range, and that's Joe Burrow at 58. Okay. That Bears Let's... defense looked – I don't know if it was just the Rams. I don't know if it was Sean McVay. But I've never seen a wide receiver that open in the NFL, and that was Cooper Cup 20 yards behind the defense. Um, what's the – one of the, I mean, the Bengals have one of, if not probably a top five receiving core in the NFL with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. Yeah. It's certainly yeah. up there. I think that Burrow is a sneaky play. I don't know that he's going to yeah. go for it in cash, but I think he has a big, okay. I think he has big upside. Let me make it very easy on you. Don't use any of those scrubs in cash. Okay. <laughs> very okay. simple. If you're going to go cash, go, um, Dak, go Herbert, or go even higher. I mean, Josh Allen, like you mentioned, he kind of screwed me last week. I wasn't on him until the Mostert news hit, and then I pivoted over there. Uh, so that kind of cost me, but short memory. Um, or go to Kyler or Russ. I mean, these two guys are going to be week in, week out. They're going to get it done. Both these guys are playing at home. Uh, Tennessee is terrible, by the way. Uh, I mean, absolutely, we saw it last week. Kyler, Mur- or, uh, I mean, Russell Wilson, he put up monster numbers last last week, and he threw the ball like 25 times. Like, there was no volume involved. And if that offense is somewhat competitive here, Russ is going to cook like crazy. So, John, I'm telling you now, I know it's Thursday, and you're just spouting stuff off. Don't play Teddy Bridgewater, okay? Well, Don't I... do it. Dig somewhere else, because I know you like going, going cheap. But in cash games, I urge you and everybody else who's listening, do not go below – 
that Dak Herbert range. You don't need okay. to. Okay. I, I, I don't hate those recommendations. I think they're all, it makes sense. But where are you saving money to fit those expensive quarterbacks in? Um, I've got one, maybe two value plays on my entire cash game sheet tonight. They'll come in one wide receiver, one tight end. But there isn't a lot of value this week. And I think that's where you're going to run into issues. It's definitely a different build than we saw last week because we had a bunch of those 3K crappers. And, you know, naturally, I, I played the wrong one. And Elijah Moore did a, a phenomenal job getting negative yards or whatever he finished out with. Uh, when I could have just played Marvin Jones for a little bit more and, and gotten that, that garbage time touchdown. But um, that's that's kind of the way that I'm I'm feeling is we'll get through. We'll find those those value guys for you, John. Don't worry, because you don't need to be playing right. Teddy Bridgewater, because here's the other thing is Jacksonville is going to be a little bit more competitive this week. Back to back weeks here for the Broncos going west to east. And it's not just east. It's all the way east. New York last week, Jacksonville this week. The weather's going to be crappy down here potentially here on sunday so um i i think it's a little bit of a of a trap play and i just don't think there's upside especially when you take jerry judy out of the mix they lost one of their best receivers so um I, i'm gonna i'm gonna ixnay that one uh from a tournament perspective phil you know there's a lot of ways we can go all those players that we mentioned are viable um give me a few other names that you're looking at that uh that kind of fit the build from the uh from the tournament perspective yeah, that's first things first is that the names that you mentioned, the Russes, the Kylers, the Josh Allens, uh, not only are these guys viable, they're preferred. Uh, you want to get them in your lineups and you want to differentiate elsewhere uh, in those lineups to, to kind of maximize uh, your upside for tournaments. But the and I, and I just wanted to make that clear because the next two guys that I'm going to name are absolutely gross. Um, po- Can your internet not- cut out again? Like, this? <laughs> possibly not Teddy Bridgewater gross, uh, but but gross nonetheless. The first one, and I'm sure Devin's going to get a kick out of this. It's Baker Mayfield. No, um, you, you have a thirty. Absolutely not. You have a thirty point total, and you, you just had um, was it Tyrod Taylor that absolutely just. Uh, I'm sorry. No, it was Trevor Lawrence who uh, who put up three touchdowns right in in garbage time on the uh, on the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Right. Uh, so I, I'm mixing that up. The Houston Texans. Uh, but it's a 30 point total. What if those points come via the passing game and they don't come via Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt on the ground? Um, it's not like Baker Mayfield doesn't have a ceiling. Uh, he went for over 30 DraftKings points in three separate games last year and at least 24 points in two others. Uh, so he's proven that he could do this in, you know, roughly 25% of his games at his current salary. I don't hate it. I don't think that we should ignore that 30-point total. Uh, and then the other absolutely disgusting option that I'm considering, uh, at least overweighting the field on, is Ben Roethlisberger, uh, who is at home. Um, I don't know if Ben at home is still a thing in the year 2021, <laughs> but it, uh, at the very least, he's got a, a Raiders team that I think is, uh, you know, they, they played an emotional game on Monday night. Um, they, they, that was almost like a mini Super Bowl coming back and winning that game against the Ravens. I think it's a letdown spot. I think they're tired. Uh, and I think that between Roethlisberger's weapons, uh, particularly Chase Claypool, I really like this week. 
and the leverage, because we're going to get to running backs in a minute. Uh, but I think that we're going to have a running back that is more heavily rostered than any that we saw last week for sure. Um, so, and, you know, spoiler alert, that running back is on the Steelers. Uh, I think that the Pittsburgh passing game is is a great leverage play in tournaments. Yeah, you can't play Baker Mayfield. I mean, you just can't because he's he, realistically he's going to throw 22 to 25 times. Like Chubb will get 20 to 22 carries. Kareem Hunt will get probably 13 to 14 carries. The touches probably. I, and we already got I don't no see the OBJ, upside. right? Like he's already Odell Beckham's out. out. And yeah. there's a wide receiver I love in Cleveland, and we'll get into that in a little bit, yeah. but might be the I fastest mean, player in football. But um, I just struggle, man. It's, it's hard because at 6,000, I don't think he's cheap enough with the upside that I think you need in tournaments. Um, going down the board. And as I say that I'm about to say an even grosser name, um, (laughs) and that, and that's Sam Darnold against the saints. I think he's going to be one to 2% owned. Marshawn Lattimore is out, which is a huge blow to that defense. I mean, look, Darnold threw for 279 yards passing last week. If you want to go up and you want to get some of these running backs, I think they're going to go lower rostered this week simply because there's not that value play. And if for some reason Darnold can throw for 300 yards with no Lattimore, the Saints, I mean, they looked great last week, but could they be coming off a a letdown game this week? Vegas, the spread isn't nearly as much as I think a lot of people think it should be. So that's a name that if you really want to just punt the position and, and try to go down and get a Kamara or stack him with McCaffrey and hope for passing yards. I don't hate it. Um, and then the other, I'll just throw one more quarterback out there. And then John, if you want to go and just run through your list, but no, I'm not going to do it. John, go ahead. <laughs> I love that. Hold on. By the way, but before you get to that, John, I respect the restraint because he legitimately sat there and said to himself, do I really publicly want to say this? <laughs> yeah. But and, then, and, I, and instead of being like, yeah, let's hot take it. He's like, nah. I have to know. I have to know who is worse than Sam Darnold against the Saints. How could I, what's more gross than that? Hey, know what? We don't need to know. We don't need to put that. Show the restraint. Respect the restraints that we saw. John, what you got? All right. Uh, Yeah. I mean, so. I mean, I like some of those calls. I, I particularly like the Roethlisberger call for the leverage component and his quality receivers. I think that's an excellent call. He wasn't on my list, so I'll give you credit for that. Um, I, I like Matt Stafford this week against the Indianapolis Colts um, simply because I like those receivers. I think there's real value with the receiver position this week in the form of uh, uh, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, Van Jefferson, and, and even Tyler Higby. And just because all of those receivers have so much value, that elevates the quarterback um, that, that plays for that team for me. And, um, you know, if we can get uh, similar scoring to what we saw last week uh, there in Indianapolis, maybe we, maybe we get there. And then uh, a quarterback that Dan mentioned um, already is uh, Russell Wilson. I'm, I'm willing to pay the money for him this week. I think he's got an immense upside. And I looked at some of the, the early percent roster projections across both of our sites. And I think DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are both too low for the type of upside that they bring to the table. Uh, so I, I, you know, I'm likely spending up at uh, quarterback in tournaments this week. 
Yeah, and I think this is a week where there's not glaring chalk. Um, I think there will be some guys that, uh, a few players that are, but th- the one thing we always preach it over at Roto Grinders is ro- roster construction. It's not just about the plays. You know, you can play a chalky Justin Herbert or Dak Prescott. It's about, and if you do that, it's just about finding unique plays elsewhere. And that might be the way that I play this week and not try to get too cute in my tournaments with random semi-scrub quarterbacks and say, okay, I'm going to play the five guys I like. I like Kyler, I like Russ, I like Josh Allen, um, and I like the two quarterbacks in in Dak and Herbert. And I'm just going to find lower-owned players somewhere else because you can still win tournaments with a quarterback at that level. You don't need a 1% guy. Um, so that might be the strategy that I go with. All right. We thank you guys for checking us out. We are on YouTube. Please, if you're watching us there, hit that little thumbs up button, hit that little bell button. And of course, if you want to subscribe to uh, football guys, you can check the link down there. If you're listening over on the audible or the Roto grinders daily fantasy football feed, if you're on either one of those, make sure you subscribe to that and you can find our links to how to subscribe to each of our Phenomenal premium products, very complimentary towards each other. So let's move on to the running back position. And when we talk chalk, there's not a lot of it this week, but I think one guy in particular, I think on FanDuel, I think DraftKings will be popular too. And he's our cover boy this week is Najee Harris here, Devin. And um, I, I think that this looks like a, a situation where he played nearly every snap last week. Didn't end up being overly efficient, but it was his first game. We got to think that's eventually going to happen, and it looks like a tremendous spot here for him in, in this matchup against uh, Vegas. I think in cash games, you're playing him. We can get into the game theory around tournaments, but are are you buying in on, on Najee Harris as good chalk this week? I think in cash games, I think you just have to play him. I, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't see a way around it. I, I don't want to be holding the bag at the end of the day and basically saying like, look, I faded him when he was probably 50 to 60% rostered in, in cash games. The question is in tournaments. And and that's right. I'd like to get John and Phil's thoughts, but I think I'm fading him this week. There's a lot of concerns around the now FanDuel is a different question because he's so cheap, but on DraftKings, he's the same price as David Montgomery. And I think I'd rather have David Montgomery. Um, there's a you'd lot start, of qu- you'd you'd certainly like him at like minuscule ownership compared to what he what Najee might be for for sure. Um, yeah. There's a lot of questions on this Pittsburgh offensive line. They lost Alejandro Villanueva, and he's been ter- he looked terrible in Baltimore last week. But like they're they're starting a bunch of scrubs. I think we have, uh, on football guys we have him ranked 30, 32nd offensive line, and he had no space to actually run the ball last week. He only had three targets in a game that like they were losing for a large portion of that game. So I don't know that his upside is, I mean, it's definitely there, but his floor is very low too. So in tournaments, I would probably fade him, but John, what are your thoughts? Sorry, I need to come off mute. Uh, Look, I don't think he's a hard fade for me at this point in the week. It really depends on where he, he goes off. Where do we have him? Somewhere between 18 and 22%. I have him like 27%. Yeah. If he's that high, he's a fade for me this week. Um, uh, Where do you have Chris Carson? 
Uh, keep talking, and I'll pull it up. Okay, we've got him uh, at uh, 17 on DraftKings. Yeah, that's about where he should be in, in my eyes. Uh, you know, I, I think Najee Harris, for, from a leverage play, because of what uh, Phil talked about the, at the quarterback position, um, he, he is a strong fave this week if he gets up into that 27 to 30, 33%. And typically that's what happens. That's the, the downside of recording on a Thursday night. Those popular players tend to get more popular heading into the weekend. Um, I'll say as of tonight, um, my guidance would be for anybody listening, if he gets above, say, 27%, then that means you should be coming down to like half of that number. Uh, if he stays around 20, I'm okay with you staying consistent with 20. But that should be your gauge. Um, above 25 fade at 20, stay close to it. Uh, there's one guy that you know, is notably, I don't want to say mispriced, but unusually priced. And that's Ezekiel Elliott. You know, last week had probably his toughest matchup of the season against Tampa Bay. Uh, Probably not going to face a better defensive front than that one. And, you know, it showed he wasn't any good. But DraftKings has him sitting at 6,200 this week. That is uh, an extremely low number here, Phil, on Ezekiel Elliott. And... You know, we know you saw he was on the field an absolute ton. We know when they get down to the goal line, he's the guy who's going to be in the game. Um, what's your feeling about him this week against the Chargers? And again, this is a game with just a massive total. And, you know, we know that historically he's been a part of the pass game. And, you know, he's priced. We talk about Najee Harris. Ezekiel Elliott's cheaper than Najee Harris. What's your take on him this week? As of tonight, I would say that Ezekiel Elliott is going to be my highest owned player in tournaments. Uh, that is as of tonight, and, and I'm going to say that because I'm not exactly sure uh, where his roster percentage is going to check in by the time that we get to Sunday. I get a feeling uh, that there will be a, a narrative constructed that uh, he is the leverage play off of this wildly popular Cowboys passing game. Um, I'll I'll kind of draw a correlation to Week One, and and I came to this spot because I uh, every Monday it's a ritual of mine to visit Roto Grinders, and my favorite tool, and I believe it's a free tool, right? It is. Uh, yep. Yeah. The um, uh, the results database on Roto Grinders. Um, it, it's it's like getting all the answers to the test, obviously in, in retrospect, but what uh, the results database allows you to do is, and, and you know, Roto Grinder shows you exactly who the top tournament players are right on the homepage. Um, and the results database enables you to go in there, uh, pick a tournament and type in their usernames. You know, these guys that are, are doing this for a living and always finishing near the top of the standings. Uh, and check out who they rostered in the tournament and and at what percentage they did it. Um, so it's, to me, an absolutely essential uh, research tool uh, because where else can you learn how to get better like that uh, for, for free, right? There's no way to get the answers to the test beforehand, but there's definitely uh, a way that you could uh, improve your research. So at any rate, um, one thing that I noticed yesterday is that the, the players that I studied, uh, they rostered Mike Davis last week at 
to me, what was to me like an unfathomable rate uh, in week one. I'm talking 60% out of 150 lineups, uh, 45%, 65%, pretty much across the board. Uh, they were heavy on Mike Davis and, you know, stupid me. I'm like, well, why Mike Davis? He kind of stinks. And then I was like, wait a second. What was the combined roster percentage of Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, and Kyle Pitts last week, right? It was probably close to 50%, you know, if you combine all of their roster percentages. I think when we tally up Dak Prescott this week, when we uh, add in Amari Cooper, and when we add in CeeDee Lamb, we're going to be looking at the same scenario. Um, Devin, where do you have Elliott as of tonight? Uh, 9%. 9%, right? And, you know, b- based on the, the rough numbers that I do, I would say it's it's going to be between 9 and 12. Um, seems to me like that's an awful lot like the Mike Davis play that a lot of pros played last week uh, is, you know, obviously in those lineups where you're not uh, stacking Cowboys, uh, play Ezekiel Elliott. And um, I'm curious what, what John thinks about that, if it is, in fact... Uh, similar to the Mike Davis play from last week? Uh, I, I don't love the play. Um, I, I can at least get behind some of the logic with the leverage play off of those Cowboys receivers who are going to be popular. Um, for me, the, the the play this week, and Dan's going to hate this because he said something uh, offhand before the show, uh, but the play, the player I think you're going to see at the position who is owned at, at, at a fairly high rate this week um, within that, that same sector. And by the way, I also, um, I'm, I'm a Sunday guy on the results DB. That's a wonderful tool. If you're not using it over uh, at rotor grinders, you're doing yourself a disservice. Um, that player is Chase Edmonds. Uh, Chase Edmonds, I have as of tonight, um, as the third most likely to achieve GPP value. And where do we have him I've got uh, Rotor Grinders um, ownership pulled up, and I've got to almost scroll one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. He's, I mean, he's so far down. I, I got to keep. It's like fifteenth, and he's the third most likely, and he's fifteenth in terms of percent rostered. He's the guy that I think the pros are going to be after this week, and he should be in your tournament lineups. I mean, he only played fifty-six percent of the snaps last week, and that's my problem is that you need extreme efficiency. And it looks like we lost Devin. Hopefully he jumps back in here soon. Um, You need extreme efficiency from him to make good on that number. Um, And back to Phil's point real quick on Ezekiel Elliott. I think with the Cowboys in particular, it's kind of a a tale of two different uh, sites here. Because I think you're right on, on FanDuel people aren't going to play Ezekiel Elliott and in particular CD lamb over there is like free, like completely and utterly free. Um, but on, on DraftKings, man, that price on him, we had him at 17%. I think mm-hmm. Devin said they were at nine for him. So there's clearly a big difference in terms of the pricing difference between the two sites. And I think that's the, that's the thing that you, you kind of got to look at in terms of building your lineups and how you're building your lineups is, is you don't necessarily build them the same between the two major sites when you've got such a big spread. And some guys are very close, but this week in particular, it's like the DraftKings algo just says Zeke is done, and we'll see whether or not that, that holds up. 
No, I think it's really good advice, Dan. It's something that listeners, viewers should be thinking about is when you're building your lineups, uh, definitely there are different plays for different sites. Um, and, and speaking of different sites, I actually, before I forget, because I know that I will, uh, head over to Yahoo. Uh, Yahoo yeah. has, man, what a tournament. I missed it week one. I'm not going to so miss did it I. this week. Uh, they have, uh, it, I think there's about 60,000 entrants, $15 buy-in, 150 max tournaments, no rake, zero oh, wow. rake. In this day and age, for you to get zero rake is absolutely fabulous. Uh, those of you who are playing 100 bucks a week, and there are, I think there are quite a few of you, you should be playing your $100 over there. And that's not to say anything bad about DraftKings and FanDuel because yeah. they get my money too. But uh, if you're really trying to win at this game, um, taking back that 15% that you're giving to those other sites, you should be over there at Yahoo um, first thing in the morning. And one, one other point on top of that is, I mean, very fair payout structure. And that's yes. the one thing that, that you know, we always talk about with DFS is these sites are really driving people to these, you know, top heavy payouts, which it's great if you end up on top. But the bottom line is it's, it's hard to achieve that. And uh, if you spread it out a little bit more, you last a little bit longer. And I couldn't agree more with that recommendation, John. I think they, they sold it out last week and they're probably going to sell it out again this week. So uh, reserve your entries ahead of time. Let's get into a few more running backs, though, that I think we can we want to talk about here. And, you know, Devin, Austin Eckler, you know, he's a part of this giant total. And he's a guy that typically in full point PPR has been just a, a monster. Last week didn't have a single target. Um, he's not cheap by any measure this week but he is still an integral part of this offense and more importantly the dude found two red zone um or goal line touches last week which is something he didn't usually have uh what's your thoughts on him and like uh do you think last week was an anomaly in terms of just not being involved in the passing game um the question is his health i think that it's it's he was he was banged up during the the preseason. I I don't know how much they want to you know fully unleash him, but um, I you know I, I think his price is sort of just in the middle. So as a as a tournament play, he's going to be low low rostered because he doesn't really fit. But he could be a sneaky play that if they fall behind early, that he gets he gets heavily involved. I don't mind it. Yeah, and the, the good news with him is he had a full practice on Wednesday. So it's last week was lots of question marks up until lock. Doesn't seem like we have as many question marks this week around him. And again, if you're if you're firing, you know, a hundred lineups into a GPP, if you're not doing it some sort of Dallas San Diego or excuse me, uh, LA game stack, you're probably doing it wrong somewhere along the way because he could easily, um, you know, he, he works in any form of, or in fashion that you can look at in terms of a game stack. Um, okay, the big guys this week, John, you know, CMC, Kamara, Cook, they're every week going to be the big guys. I kind of feel like we're all in agreement that we don't necessarily need to go there this week in cash because there's not like, you know, obvious value. But in contrarian tournament lineups – you're probably going to get lower ownership on these guys. What's your thoughts on the big dogs this week? I mean, they're always good plays, but does anybody stand out in particular? 
Yeah, the one name that I have my my GDP kind of list here to talk about tonight is uh, of that list is Alvin Kamara. I thought Alvin looked great last week um, going up against Carolina, who uh, I, I don't think, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, largely he's, he's matchup proof. Uh, CMC's, um, he's going up against New Orleans, who New Orleans shut down Green Bay last week. Don't know really, really know what to think about that. But we also saw CMC's um, salary jump to nearly 10K, and I'm sure it's over 10K over there at FanDuel. Um, so from my perspective, it's a tough sell on him this week. But uh, Kamara, I like quite a bit at 8,800 because, as you've already pointed out, um, folks aren't going to be spending up at the position. And uh, when I looked at the early numbers, again, you know, talking some of the same thematic things, he's right there in that next tier, the top of the second tier in terms of achieving GPP value. And he's another guy that I kind of had to scroll down on in terms of uh, popularity. So he's a guy that I'll be uh, I'll be overweight on this week. Yeah, right now we got McCaffrey at 9% um, people rostering him this weekend on DraftKings. Kamara sitting at also at 9%. And I'm guessing Dalvin Cook, uh, I'm trying to dig up his number here, uh, a little bit higher at 13.5%. I think that's mainly because of the game that you potentially could see out there in Arizona. Um, Phil, any other uh, kind of uh, off the radar guys for us to look for in tournaments? Um, I don't know about off the radar, but there, there were two running backs that we haven't touched on yet that I'm definitely interested in. Both of them were major week one surprises um, to me anyway. And uh, well, the second one was a surprise to everyone, but this first one was Daryl Henderson um, seeing 94% of the snaps and 78% uh, route participation for the Rams. I, I think when Sony Michelle came over, everybody kind of assumed that that was going to be like a 60-40 type of thing. Uh, and for one week anyway, it wasn't. Uh, and and when you have a running back, I mean, a 94% snap share, the, I think the only one that did better than that was, uh, was Najee Harris in week one. So... I don't know. I think that could be a sneaky high-scoring game, uh, just like I, I thought that uh, Seattle and the Colts could be a sneaky high-scoring game last week. Uh, so I've got my eye on him. I think he's going to be a little bit on the um, – uh, where Where do you guys have him? I think he'll end up popular. He's really he's, like chalk. Yeah. All right, so so he is chalk. Okay. Do you guys think he's good chalk is is a question then. Probably not. <laughs> no, I, I don't, what you I don't love it. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not a big fan either. I mean, I guess the question is, did Sony Michelle not play because he's Sony Michelle, or did he not play because he doesn't know the playbook yet? Uh, no. You know, that's the, the question. If he comes in and gets 30% this week after getting 6% last week, then Daryl Henderson doesn't look so sneaky, and he's not going to be sneaky. So um, I, I, I don't love the play this week if he's going to be popular. Yeah, FanDuel. FanDuel specific, I think Nick Chubb's in play. I don't ever play him on DraftKings just because he doesn't catch passes, but he has two to three touchdown upside in that game. So I, I think he's he's definitely one that I'm looking at, and then I'm sure you guys touched while my new computer was having issues. Um, touched on the big three, which is Montgomery, Carson, and um, Najee Harris for cash for me. Uh, any real quick before we move to receivers, any love for Elijah Mitchell, um, who 
saw all the volume and took away all my Raheem Mostert touchdowns and, <laughs> and ended up taking a bunch of money from my DraftKings account last week when that news flipped. So uh, any thoughts on this this cat? Because he he looked pretty good. I mean, he got a ton of, ton of run last week. I mean, I don't know if the matchup's phenomenal, but it is one of the few totals over 50 here, John. What do you think of Mitchell? Yeah, I, I'm not touching it. I, I just don't – I don't trust the situation there. I think they could just as easily – um, start Trey Sermon this week. Uh, Jamichael Hasty sitting in the background. Uh, there's a lot of different ways there to go. Um, I'm not going to chase uh, catching lightning in a bottle twice in a row. I, I'm fading. To me, that's exactly why you play him overweight. Just because well, of that. Just because of that uncertainty. Um, listen, he obviously earned the job over Trey Sermon. Otherwise, Trey Sermon would have played last week, yeah, and he, he wouldn't have. I, I, how I else mean, do you explain it? Uh, there's a chance like Sermon did something to – he was a healthy scratch last week. It wasn't like he um, – I mean, that was what they labeled him. Why Why, why didn't he play over to Michael Hasty last week? I mean, this guy was yeah. a higher draft pick than Hasty. Yeah, I mean, who, I feel who knows? Change like, of pace, like receiving special teams. Like there's a number of different reasons that this could go and, sideways. And Mitchell isn't like 3%. He's going to be right there. I mean, looking again at Rotor Grinders projections – You've got Alvin Kamara, CMC, Eli Mitchell, Damian Harris. Uh, you know, he, he's he's up there. It's not like he's, uh, you know, you're going to have to go way overweight to be, are you going to put him in 20% of your lineups? Because that's what you're going to need to be sneaky with him. Yeah, See, that's I, especially on FanDuel, I think, because he's sub-6K over there. But. Okay, yeah, I, I was thinking more DraftKings, and I, I have him closer to like 7 to 8%. Then so you're was, underweight on Yeah, that's not well. Well, no, no, no. no. That that's where I think he, where I thought he was going to clock in, and I was thinking a double in the field. Um, I just, I just think he's the type of guy. uh, Great athlete, great scheme fit. We've seen uh, Kyle Shanahan once he gets a hot hand that performs at running back, he'll ride him for a couple of weeks. Uh, I think that could be a high scoring game, and I think that Mitchell is the type of guy that you want to be a week early on rather than a week late. Um, so I'm, I'm planning on mixing them in. And we'll get some plays from that game too, because uh, you know, one, one thing about that San Francisco um, Philly game is it opened at 45 and climbed all the way up to 50 and a half. So we've seen a five point movement in that. And I think a large reason for it is that secondary for the, 49ers um, really banged up. Jason Verrett last week busted his ACL and uh, they were down to a couple of rookies. So what do they do? They brought in Josh Norman and Drake Kirkpatrick off the street. So uh, I don't think this is a, a particularly great secondary. And we'll talk about some options here at the wide receiver spot, maybe for Philadelphia. But again, if you're just joining us, welcome. It is the Power Grid, the the Football Guys Power Grid, uh, powered by rotogrinders.com. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, please check out both of our sites, season-long uh, and daily over there, Football Guys. Rotogrinders, we're doing daily fantasy sports, all the different sports. Haven't tried college football. Tell you what, we got, I think, one of the best teams out there. And I'll tell you what, Saturday, and John can attest to this, Devin can. I don't know if Phil can even play college football out there in New York, New Jersey, but... College football DFS is a ridiculous amount of fun. It's a sweat all day long, and it's kind of like the NFL on steroids. So if you uh, want some entertainment, 
Um, definitely check that out. All right, let's get into the wide receiver position. And uh, Devin, I think it's a no-brainer that we're playing some Cowboys. I think if you're playing on FanDuel, CeeDee Lamb is probably the first guy you're putting in on your lineup. He is way too cheap there. But in general, do you have a preference between Lamb and Amari Cooper this week? I think I like Lamb. We sort of know what Cooper is, and I'll defer to John, who's the Cowboys fan. But I think Lamb could take over this role as the number one guy in Dallas. Um, I think he's probably... Uh, like you said, on FanDuel, I think he's a must-play. Um, the other the other game I'm looking at is very similar, Tampa Bay, uh, with with uh, Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown. I, I don't know which way to go there either. Mike Evans is still in the mix, um, but I'm probably going Godwin um, over, over Evans for sure, but Antonio Brown looks like the best he's looked in, in a long time. So uh, I, I do like that that play. One name, and I, I teased it early, he's 3,300, and this is probably a tournament lineup. If you had to just, like, punt at a pl- position, Anthony Schwartz is interesting for Cleveland. He runs a 4 2 um, He's going to see a lot of time with Odell Beckham being out. The Browns feel comfortable with him. Um, they drafted him in the third round. I think that there's big upside for this kid. Um he could very easily sneak behind this Houston defense and score a long touchdown. So at 3,300, he's sort of, he's one of, if not the top, you know, punts for me this week, as I'm looking just completely down the board, we talked about the three K three K guys last week, a couple of them paid off. A couple of them didn't, but um, I've said enough already on Anthony Schwartz and we can move on to John or Phil. Real quick, if if you read between the lines, you just heard Devin make the case for Baker Mayfield in tournaments. No, Baker could throw for 180 yards and Anthony Schwartz catch a 90-yard touchdown. Like the problem with the problem is you you use the word catch and you need to be able to have good hands that can catch a ball. And unfortunately, <laughs> Anthony Schwartz does not have those. But um, see, I I think Peoples Jones is kind of intriguing too. He played a crap load of stand, uh, snaps last week didn't really show up a whole lot but he was the guy everybody was buzzing about in the preseason and you know nobody's going to talk about him this week because of what you just said Schwartz was the guy who was wide open 20 yards downfield and barely caught the ball but um I think either of those two guys you're right with with no Beckham out that production's going to go somewhere and there's a couple of guys in the 3k range I think that work what do you think John uh, I, I'll just quickly name off some cash game plays, and I'll tell you my 3K cracker that I that I like for uh, of the people we're talking about. The one that I would be most comfortable putting into cash games, uh, and I'm not necessarily comfortable, but uh, if you have to take a chance, there's one guy who I'm taking a chance with. Stephon Diggs at, at Miami, I think, is one of the better plays at the position this week. Um, after CD Lamb, who was already mentioned, um, he's 7,700 going up against Miami. I think he came off with like 16 targets or something crazy last week. Cooper Cup is going to be super popular, and he should be. He's only $6,000 against Indianapolis. And uh, Keenan Allen against my Cowboys at, at, um, at $7,000. Um, you know, again, these are all cash game plays. I think Allen um, potentially could be a, a GPP play depending on where he ends up in terms of popularity. 
Uh, the 3K crapper that I like this week is Terrace Marshall, another rookie uh, down in Carolina, 3,300 going up in, in uh, New Orleans. He's going to get the lesser coverage uh, there in New Orleans. They should be playing from behind. And last week, he was the, uh, the second highest targeted receiver um, in Carolina behind DJ Moore, and not by much. Uh, DJ Moore had eight targets, and he had six. Uh, I, I like him uh, enough to, to consider putting him in a cash game lineup. So if you need a little bit of salary uh, relief, then I suspect that you might this week. I'm going to real quick go along with you um, on uh, Keenan Allen here. He reminds me a lot of Chris Godwin, and you look at that matchup last week that we saw with the with the Dallas Cowboys. It wasn't Mike Evans who was getting it done, who I kind of view as the Mike Williams of that of this uh, Chargers team. It was Chris Godwin, who I view as more like Keenan Allen, who's all over the field. I mean, last weekend Diggs did a pretty good job over on on uh, on, on Mike Evans, and Godwin was the one that what that ate their lunch. So. I think Allen's the guy you want if, if you're going to take one receiver from that uh, Chargers team. So I'm definitely in that camp. Um, do you got a Rams preference here, Phil? Because uh, just looking at a lot of optimals and, again, at wide receiver, nobody really gets too chalky because there's so many different options to go with. But both Cup and Woods uh, have popped on each of our early optimal lineups on FanDuel and DraftKings. Um Cup on on FanDuel, uh, Woods on DraftKings. What do you what do you think about those guys? I think that Cooper Cup's price is one of the most glaringly wrong on the slate on DraftKings anyway at six K. Um, I'm a little bit confused about what actually happened with the the playing time and the rap participation uh, over there last week. Robert Woods like wasn't on the field as much as he's supposed to be. Um, so I don't know exactly what happened there, uh, but it certainly seems as though Matthew Stafford had a preference for Cooper Cup, uh, who's an exceptional talent and uh, and a great receiver. Uh, it, it's going to be hard not to to overweight the field on Cup for sure. Um, then a couple other guys I got for tournaments. I think it was notable that uh, Devin mentioned the Tampa Bay receivers, and he didn't mention Mike Evans. Um, you know, I, I think that gives us in tournaments anyway, an opportunity to kind of capitalize on, uh, recency bias. Uh, this is a guy that in his entire career since 2014 has never had less than a thousand yard season. Uh, so those bad games, like the ones that he had in week one, they're going to balance out with good games. Um, we know that he's got a 40 point ceiling, even with Tom Brady last year. Uh, would it shock me if he was the overall wide receiver one on this slate at, you know, seven or six percent rostered, uh, it would not. So I think he's a good tournament play. And uh, one other thing that I like to do, um, speaking of recency bias, is look at last week's busted chalk. You know, who failed the crowd uh, and who don't they want to go back to? And on the other side of that game, I mean, if Tampa Bay is going to put up a ton of points, and Atlanta is is going to be slinging, trying to keep pace. Uh, Calvin Ridley, to me, looks like a great tournament play, too. Uh, not only in runbacks, uh, but I'll, I'll play him in, in one-offs as well. Um, and, and then one more, you, you mentioned Keenan Allen. 
all offseason, we heard uh, Joe Lombardi, the Chargers' new offensive coordinator, talk about how targets in his offense were going to funnel to that uh, X receiver that Mike Williams played. And what did we see last week, you know, right right out of the gate? Uh, he was proven right. Uh, it wasn't just coach speak. He matched Keenan Allen's target share, his rap participation. He had 12 targets. Um, I, I think he's every bit as worthy a play, and he's less expensive uh, than Keenan Allen. So got my eye on him, what do, you, what do you guys think of Jamar Chase as a cash game play? 5,500 on FanDuel is well, that's crazy. That was price. my question I was about to give you is, <laughs> is it Chase at 55 or Devontae at 56? Because they're both ridiculously cheap. I think Chase is a little cheaper on DraftKings. He's like 6K. But Devontae Smith, I mean, I made the case as the lead in here. The San Francisco secondary is beat up. I mean, they are not in good spots here um, with the injuries and, and, and what they've had to do with free agency. And and Devontae, I mean, I was the first guy to be like, I don't know if this guy who weighs like 160 pounds is going to be able to make it. But he looked pretty good in that in that opener and uh, was the, the leader in target share. And the bottom line is there's not a lot of other options. I think Jalen Rager is kind of a bust. I mean, Quez Watkins is a gadget play. They don't have a lot to go to. I think Smith has to be the guy. So if I'm choosing between those two, and I think on FanDuel it's a real choice because they're about the same price, I think I'd rather have Smith over Chase, mainly because you still have Boyd, you still have Higgins out there. In, in Cincinnati. I'm not afraid to take both. I, I, you know, okay, if, yeah, if you can I get up that. to – it, it yeah. depends what you like in the 6K range on FanDuel. And, and if I look at Smith and Chase compared to like a Juju or a Marvin Jones or a Cortland Sutton – I like those guys. I like Chase and Smith better than those guys in the low sixes. So you could build a cash game lineup with both of those guys and spend up at quarterback and spend up at running back and and allocate your dollars that way. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If you you went with three wide receivers on FanDuel of Lamb, Devontae, and Chase, that's going to give you a high-end quarterback, Darren Waller at tight end. If you play Najee Harris, you could probably even fit in one of the top three guys if you wanted to over there. I think that's a smart bill. I agree. Uh, All right, let's move on. Any any other receivers that we missed? Uh, John? Uh, I mean, look, I I always have more players on my list. I won't talk much about them. I'll just throw them out there as as names. Uh, Robert Woods Woods and Van Jefferson, uh, with all the popularity that Cooper Cup's going to have, um, I like both of those uh, lower tier receivers, if you will, in a game that I think could shoot out. Uh, they're, they're not going to be super popular. And DK Metcalf against Tennessee, I think, is, is going overlooked, at least as of Thursday night when I looked at early percent roster pro- projections. Um, I think he's a, a big upside player um, at, at 7,600. I'm, I'm not playing him that much, but to Phil's point earlier, playing the guys who busted his chalk last week, it seems fitting that Marquez Callaway was going to catch like a 70-yard bomb here this week, and nobody's going to have him. And we got sub-5% people playing him. And uh, I don't love the play because it it could be any of the number of these guys, but if Jawan Johnson got two touchdowns last week and we were all excited to play Callaway at $500 cheaper than he is right now this week, like, ask yourself, against Carolina, it's not like it's, 
it's a it's it's the most horrendous matchup in the uh, in, in the world. Like I, I feel like the that he's a viable guy that people will look back and be like, maybe I should have played him after I played him in forty percent of my lineups last week. So I'm gonna throw that name out there. Yeah, if you liked him last week at at thirty, what he's thirty four hundred last week, and he was thirty percent owned. He's only forty one hundred this week, and he's going to be a fraction of, yeah, of that. Sub five. Uh, yeah. So either you liked him last week and you like him this week, or you're a hypocrite. Uh, there's not a whole. <laughs> well, there's going to be a lot of hypocrites because people ain't going to play him this week. I promise you. And this that. week you need the value. You anyway, do. Yeah, well, you do, and that's funny. Is last week yeah. you really didn't because there were so many right. guys you could have played. But the build is 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 seemingly different week to week. That's what makes daily fantasy such a fun game to play. Uh, all right, let's uh, move it on to the tight end position. And uh, I mean, I think if you can get Darren Waller in, you, you're you're playing him here, Devin, in your cash games, mainly because uh, what we normally see here is these salaries come out before the Monday night football game, and the dude got like 19 targets or whatever it was on Monday night football. If that was, you know accounted for in a lot of these salaries he'd probably be a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars more than he is so um i think for cash you eat it and you say i'm gonna beat you somewhere else but i'm not gonna lose to a guy who pretty much led the league in targets week one i think it depends i i I don't know that i can get there on DraftKings. i i think it's a tough it's a tough build to get all the way up to um i see the point completely uh, but on FanDuel, I think he's going to be ridiculously popular yeah. at seven at Good 7K. Um, so he's definitely in consideration. If you can go up to Darren Waller, um, I, I think Pittsburgh will certainly play a little bit better defense um, than what Baltimore did. Baltimore, talk about injuries. They are an absolute mess right now. Um, with Mark- and a fair Mark- point to that, too, is Pittsburgh has to know, like, Okay, yeah. let's make Hunter Renfro beat us and not Darren Waller. Yeah, let's right? let Brian let's let Brian Edwards and Hunter Renfro beat us, and we're not yeah. going to let. Now Brian Edwards looked pretty good talking about a receiver, but um, the guy that I'm looking at, and I, I think he's going to go kind of under underlooked. I think that you're going to have a lot of people look at Gronkowski. You're going to have a lot of people look at um, Dallas Goddard. I'm looking at Noah Fant against Jacksonville. Love he it. had eight eight targets last week. $4,200 on, on DraftKings. I just don't believe in this Jacksonville defense at all. And I'm trying to pick that, you know, pick them apart. Um, they lost Jerry Judy. They're looking for a consistent guy. Cortland Sutton is still inconsistent. And who knows like how back he is. If he was ever like really good, I don't know. Um, he was okay. But it, it, to me, it, the decision is Noah Fant or Tyler Higby, and I think that I like Fant, but I'm sure someone will bring up Higby. I love Fant, by the way. I mean, I don't even know of this guy Pharaoh Brown. I watch college football every week. I don't. I don't even. I don't even know who he is. I know Pharaoh Cooper. I don't know Pharaoh Brown. Pharaoh Brown like ate the Jaguars' lunch last week as a tight end. <laughs> so what's Noah Fant going to do? I think that is. A super sharp play. And you make a great point. On DraftKings, the build is much tougher, and he's a bit more expensive over there. Um, and, I, and I think Fanton Higby are, are going to be as popular on DK. Um, what do you think, John? Um, I mean, any any interest in Kyle Pitts this week against Tampa or um, any other tight ends in particular standing out to you? Yeah, I mean, I, I, <clears throat> I, uh, I like Higby. 
um, at, against Indianapolis. There's a theme there. Uh, Tip and pick likes the Rams this week, the Rams passing game. Um, the, the, the guy that I like had the, the third most, he was tied for the third most targets um, at the tight, tight end position last week. And um, who do you think that was, Dan? Third most um, targets at the tight end position last week in all of, in all of football? Yes, Darren Waller is number one, TJ Hawkinson number two. Who's number three? Tied for number three. Gerald Everett. James O'Shaughnessy. And I know I butchered his name, but he's 2,700, and I might be paying down this week to fit in some of the names we came up uh, to this point. I know you guys hate it. John. You're you're pissed off right now. John. No, no, no. no, John. 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 Before you continue. When he he gets his seven points, I'm going to be dancing. Uh, and, and happy about John. It. He's John. a catch and fall tight end. John, I don't care. He's 2,900. 2,700. 2,700. Just find the money and get Fant or Higby. Because here's the difference there is zero chance James O'Shaughnessy is going to put up a performance that's going to win you a tournament. It's not going I didn't to say happen. That's a catch. That's a catch. I'm not putting him in, in in tournaments. I'm okay with you saying that. that. That's absolutely true. But I wanted seven points so that I can stand what's, up. What's your position. username again, so I can find you? <laughs> you know exactly what it is. Oh, okay. Uh, my tournament play this week is George Kittle, 6,400. He's still an elite uh, tight end, and you can have him in a $1,200 discount from uh, Waller, who we talked about already, and he's got just as much upside. Okay, Phil. Go off the radar for us. I mean, honestly, it can't be any crazier than what John just threw out. Honestly, so I'm 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 prepared to uh, nod on this on this on this one. I mean, forget about off the radar. I'm about to play cash games because I I want to I want John's action this week. He, he's going to have the the Teddy the Teddy Bridgewater run back with James O'Shaughnessy in cash. Yes, please let yes. let me do it. Uh, now, uh, for, for me, tight end, I think that you guys have, have named all the names. Um, it, one thing that I will say is keep an eye on Eric Ebron in Pittsburgh. He did not practice today because of a hamstring injury, and that would open the door for uh, Pat Fryermuth, who crushed the preseason. Uh, and Yeah, and that would, be a, that would be a good matchup, too, against the Raiders linebackers. Uh, especially, you know, if, uh, if we like Ben Roethlisberger, uh, that, that would be a, an interesting way to double stack him. You know, if you could play Fryermuth for cheap and then, uh, throw a Claypool in there. Uh, I really like that. So, uh, nothing against Eric Ebron, but I hope he sits out this week. Uh, other than that, I think the only other places that I'd be looking is if, uh, you wanted to differentiate your Cowboys and Seahawks stacks. Uh, you know, the Cowboys tight ends, I think uh, Dalton Schultz and Blake Jarwin are both viable in tournaments and both Seahawks tight ends as well. Will Disley and Gerald Everett, um, you know, I don't have a strong lean on which one you should go to from either team, but uh, I guess probably Everett and Schultz, but, um, you know, might help you cut the chalk a little bit in your game stacks there. Yeah, Jared Jared Cook is one last name I'll throw out there in a in a potential high scoring game. The the Chargers don't have a lot of a lot of offense um, offensive weapons outside of Eckler and Keenan Allen. So uh, he had five catches last week. Yeah, he got he got pretty good volume. I think he's. I mean, again, I 
and and this kind of like segues now into a little tournament talk here. I mean, I I, I don't really want to talk deep. Uh, okay, let's talk defense. People, Jets. People still build, build lineups here. I I hate it. Uh, it's almost as bad as kicker. So you're saying play the Jets against Mac? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Is that what you like? Two point two yep. on fan on uh, DraftKings. CJ Mosley's back. I think that makes a big difference. Um, and we need to save money somewhere. So twenty two hundred is good to me. Anybody else have a take on defense? Anybody? Bueller. Uh, Brown, I, Browns and Jets. I'll, okay. I'll throw you the Eagles and the 49ers and what I think is going to be a sloppy high-scoring game. I think the defense could contribute there. Ah, I actually kind of like that idea. Sloppy high-scoring. That Sloppy high-scoring is good because if you get that defensive touchdown, it don't matter how many points you're giving up because you've already got – your fantasy points and it wouldn't shock i think either of us if you had jalen hurts or jimmy garoppolo uh turn the ball over a little bit good call there phil and most people won't take a defense in those totals over 50 all right now let's get into the tournament play we're going to break this down a little differently this week um we've got um phil doing the mme we've got devin doing the three entry max and we've got tip and pick doing the single entry strategy so We'll start with single entry. Okay, John, you first. Last week, I mocked you for playing Brandon Cooks in the Jags, and you showed me a screenshot of like 10K or whatever it was. So, uh, <laughs> you know, eggs on my face. Um, so give me the lowdown on what single entry, you know, game you're looking at this week or the, the build for single entry this week. Yeah, I mean, I think it's similar to what I talked about last week. Uh, you, you You pick your... You pick the game that you think is is going to um, to surprise. I mean, it, the easy one this week is is Dallas and the Chargers, and I love that game. I'm not going to lie, uh, but but you know, try to get away from that in a single entry because it's going to be over rostered, and um, find yourself a game in that uh, mid forty range where uh, it could go over. And um, you know, I, I really like Phil's call earlier. I'm going to be stuck on this for a while. Um, a Ben Roethlisberger with, I like Deontay Johnson, but you can do a Ben Roethlisberger, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, run it back with Darren Waller, and then fill in the rest. Um, I think that's a really good step this week. The other thing that I like quite a bit is around Seattle and Indianapolis, Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, and run it back with uh, Michael Pittman or something, or even Jonathan Taylor. Oh, you um, mean uh, they play the they play the Titans? Sorry, you had your teams mixed uh, up. My, my bad, my, my bad. Uh, I, I, yes. But uh, it's it's still the same Seattle and then yes. uh, the Titans running it back. I I think the Titans are going to show up this week. Um, I think they're going to make it a game. I think that's an interesting way to go. And the thing about Seattle too is it's so obvious where those fantasy points are going to come from. It's Matt Keffing and not Lockett. That's yeah. it. Like I mean, yeah, there's a chance Chris Carson gets it, but if it's a true back and forth game, it's likely going to be those wide receivers that do it. And uh, I like that call. Okay, Devin, three entry max. What are, yeah, what three, are you game, at three games that I'm targeting. We didn't talk about Tom Brady at all. So uh, Tom Brady, um, take a receiver that you like, whether it's Brown or Godwin, run it back with Ridley. Um, Kyler Murray, I think, is a name that uh, we. I don't think we mentioned DeAndre Hopkins. Maybe we did, but I might have missed it. Um, so I think that you could run that back with Justin Jefferson and then um, going with the bear uh, Bengals triple stack of Burrow, Chase 
and T Higgins. I think, I think Joe Burrow is in for a big game against the Chicago defense. Allen Robinson on the way back. You could. Yeah, I think so. I think he's, uh, he's in a decent spot here. Okay, Phil. Um, he crushed it last week, man. So let's, let's hear what you got. Yeah. My, uh, my, my good score last week was in a, actually in a three max, uh, the engage eight, but, um, I, I do put uh, 150 lineups together, and uh, I do mass multi-enter. I'm not great at it, admittedly. Uh, this is my my second year uh, doing it every week, and I'm I'm still kind of feeling my way. Uh, but I'll just give like some some general advice uh, rather than player specific okay. advice. Love it. Uh, and that is that as as much as you think that you're you're correlating. Uh, within the same lineup, you're not doing it enough when it comes to tournaments. You want to minimize the amount of things that you need to get right um, in order to jump past the field. And, you know, a lot of people think about that as, all right, I'm, I'm going to take my quarterback. I'm going to stack him with two wide receivers and, you know, a, another player on the way back. And, and yes, that's part of it. Uh, but how are you filling in those other pieces um, you know, how do those other pieces relate to the overall roster percentage of the lineup? Uh, you, you have to be thinking about all of this, whether you're building by hand, whether you're using an optimizer. Um, the the correlation is the most important part. So, you know, given an example from uh, a lineup that uh, that did well for me last week, uh, I had Mahomes and Hill. Uh, which was obviously a, a a great stack, and you don't need to be, uh, you know, an analyst uh, to tell people that that's going to be a great stack. Uh, the the run back that I used was Nick Chubb on DraftKings, and Devin mentioned that you rarely want to play Nick Chubb on DraftKings because he doesn't catch passes, and and you're counting on touchdowns, but. Again, when you're thinking about correlation, the thought there is if Mahomes and Hill are going to get to where you need them to go in order to put up a score that's going to win a tournament, the game has to be somewhat close, right? It can't be a blowout. So what's the path of least resistance for the Browns to keep it a game? It's Chubb going up against that terrible rush defense, right? And that happened to work out. Now, aside from that, I also used TJ Hawkinson because I thought he was a good play last week. But then I thought about, you know, what happens if TJ Hawkinson has a good game? Well, I'm not going to use George Kittle because I'm not a big fan of two tight end lineups. Um, Debo Samuel seemed to me the, the next best thing. Now, I got wildly lucky with Debo Samuel, who somehow had a 54% target share, right? That's not what I projected, but... Uh, the point is, I was going for push-pull, you know, um, and you want to do that as much as you can within the same lineup. Look at secondary correlation. So um, I don't want to go on and on because I know we're a little bit over tonight, but um, I can't overstate that, you know, correlate your lineups. Yeah, correlate your lineups and uh, always try to find leverage in especially more unpredictable spots. Um, we talk about it all the time. You know, I mean, we, I think we even like laid out the case last week for like Kyle Pitts was a perfect fade for tournaments. It was, and we, nobody really knew what to expect. And here was this guy at major, um, roster, you know, majorly rostered in these tournaments. And 
it it had as good of a chance as busting, probably a greater chance of busting than it did to actually get a ceiling score where if you looked at it and if you didn't have him, you would have lost. And that's ultimately what I think you need to, you know, get through your head when you're kind of building these mass multi-entry tournaments. And and here's the thing too, not everybody has this tournament mentality, especially when it comes to MME. You're going to lose way more than you win. So it's a matter of can you handle the swings that it takes for you to get to that win. And if you can't, then you know what the best thing you can do is play the single entry contest where everybody's in the, in the same boat and also play these multiplier games. Those are a lot of fun where you play a uh, you, you play a $10 entry and then the top 10 teams all win a hundred bucks or even a thousand bucks where you don't necessarily need that top 1% team. Maybe it's a top 5% team, but it all pays out the same way. So uh, contest selection, absolutely critical to be a longtime player in DFS. If you like all this content that we're talking about, you know where you can find more of it over at footballguys.com slash DFS. You'll get all the great DFS content. Big shout out to uh, Ben Cummings. He's doing the uh, Cracking DraftKings over at uh, Football Guys. Great new column this year, so check that out. If you haven't gone over to rotogrinders.com, I'm telling you, premium content. We've got it for all the DFS sports. So if you want to dip your toe in something besides football, uh, you can get our uh, combo package and it gives you everything under the sun and uh, including optimizers and all the tools and content that I think we can help you build build competitive teams out in DFS. All right. That's going to do it for us tonight. Thank you so much, fellas. Thank you all for, uh, consuming this show if you're watching on youtube give us a thumbs up leave us a comment hopefully you enjoyed this program if you're catching it on the audible or the daily fantasy football podcast leave a review as well that helps, helps the old algorithm uh you know so people can find the show a little bit more and the good news is we'll be back again for week three here on the football guys dfs power grid presented by roto grinder for phil Devin, and john i'm dan have a great night and we'll see you